right now people are more understanding of emergency food and the need for it. I think hopefully with time, people can start to understand, oh my gosh, you know, this is not one of those crazy things to do anymore, but more of a practical, safe thing to do. If you're someone who refuses to go along to get along, if you question whether the status quo is good enough for you and your family, you want to leave this world better off than you found it, and you consider independence a sacred thing, you may be a prepper, a gardener, a homesteader, a survivalist, a farmer, a rancher, an environmentalist, or a rugged outdoorsman. This show is for those who choose the road less traveled, the road to self-reliance, for those living a daring adventure, life off the grid. Joe Reek is the VP of Sales for Emergency Essentials, found at BePrepared.com. He's been involved with emergency preparedness for over 14 years, and he's helped thousands of people to become better prepared. Joe Reek, welcome to the Off the Grid Biz Podcast. Hey, thanks, Brian, for having me on. It's a pleasure to be here with you. So why don't you let everyone know a little bit about what it is that you do. So Emergency Essentials, we specialize in long-term emergency food. And this usually consists of freeze-dried items as well as dehydrated items. Um, we have a wide selection of fruits, vegetables, meats, ready-made meals, MREs. We have a wide selection of emergency gear, 72-hour backpacks, water filtration systems, anything you can kind of think of that you might need in the event of an emergency or disaster, we try to have you covered. How did you personally end up here? What's your life story up to this point? Well, uh, you know, about 10 to 11 years ago, I was involved with a company that we started a, a long-term food storage company that grew and we ended up selling that off a couple of years ago. And, you know, typically once companies get in the hands of private equity groups, it kind of, the, the mission kind of changes a little bit. And so I was lucky enough to be found with a group called Emergency Essentials. And I've been here for, you know, over two years. It's a great little company. We're privately held. There's no private equity group that is responsible for it. We have one owner and that's the uh, owner that, that we listen to and that we kind of take advice from. And so it's very, very simple. And we try to just be there for our customers the best that we can. So I actually love what we do here at Emergency Essentials. And it's been a lot of fun over the past couple of years. Oh, fabulous. So what, where do you find new customers at? Well, let me just tell you, right now they're coming out of the woodworks with this whole COVID-19 pandemic that we're going through. It's like a flip was switched and everybody in the world kind of became well aware of the need to have a backup plan. As you can imagine with this COVID crisis that's going on, just our industry, our business, I mean, we've been hit tremendously hard, you know, in a positive way because the amount of interest that we have in our products. And so, I mean, it's caused a little bit of hiccups from a business perspective as far as having the capacity to produce and, and to make the food and to get it packaged and prepared and shipped out. It's caused some trouble that way as far as having a back order list. But as far as the, uh, the knowledge and the need to, to educate people, the media has done a great job of showing what happens in the event of a disaster with the shelves being cleared off well, I think we all kind of went through that several months ago where we couldn't even find toilet paper for crying out loud. These things happen and it brings your awareness to a different level of, oh my gosh, our system is so fragile. People don't understand how fragile our economy is. You know, just the grocery stores, the logistics, you know, the just-in-time inventory control systems. 
that people get their shipments in these grocery stores the night before they sell it. And that's just not the way that it was 30, 40 years ago where they had a back room full of supplies. It kind of brings to light, like I said, what people kind of realize, oh my gosh, things are super, super fragile. I need to get prepared. I need to be self-sufficient. Emergency essentials, we're here to help people do that. Really makes sense that you'd be going through that type of growth right now, especially with everything that's going on. At what point did you start seeing change from the business perspective and how did that all come about? Are a lot of our customers, they're kind of in the know already. And so I kind of feel fortunate in the fact that once we started seeing an uptick in sales and more uh, traffic and more talking behind the scenes with our customers and kind of their feeling of what was happening, we started to see sales increase the first part of February, the end part of January. The end part of January, we saw a significant increase the last two weeks of January and right on into February. A lot of our customers, you know, they've been prepping for years and they've been kind of seeing and kind of watching what happens and they're proactive. That is one thing that our customers are very good at is they are good at kind of seeing stuff that's coming down and they're being proactive and and kind of hedging that curve, if that makes sense, Mm -hmm. to get the things that they need so that way they can be self-sufficient if they needed to. It didn't become mainstream until February 26th. That was the day that everything just kind of blew up where it became mainstream. Everybody was concerned about it. Everybody wanted to kind of get prepared. And so it's been that rise ever since February 26th. But we felt that probably about a month before the mainstream population really felt that something was going to be happening. Makes sense. So apart from your online business, are there other places where you guys do marketing or advertising? You know, there's really not. Um, Emergency Essentials, believe it or not, we've been around here in the Salt Lake City area for, you know, over 30 years. Here locally, people would come into our retail stores. We had three different locations throughout Salt Lake City, Utah, and the Wasatch Front. Unfortunately, two years ago, we closed down those stores because we would just do more volume through our website and more business outside of Salt Lake City, Utah to where it just didn't make sense to keep those stores open. We are strictly online. We are at beprepared.com is our website. We do not have a lot of resellers or other companies that are authorized to sell our products. It's something that we've kind of shied away from on purpose because we always want to be there for our direct to consumers. You know, we want to be the source. We want to be the place where they go to get it because once you start involving wholesalers and distributors, it increases the cost for everybody. And so we want to be your one-stop shop, your direct source to the product from the people that actually manufacture it and make it. Absolutely. that Boy, that's great. What would you say is your ideal customer? If they were out in the audience, what would you say that they would consist of? As simple as it sounds, I would just say moms and dads. Mm-hmm. Somebody who has the responsibility to care for, not only for themselves, but they have the charge of other people whether it be their own kids, whether it be you know, their stepkids, or whether it be their, their aging parents. Anybody that has to continue to survive and, and look out for others, I think is our ideal customer. Most of our customer base is going to be a little bit older generations, you know, grandmas, grandpas, just because they have a little bit more of that disposable income and they can afford to, to purchase this stuff. Because there's a lot of younger families that it's a struggle for them to make ends meet. A lot of these younger families, they're still going to school. They're not really establishing their careers. And so nobody really thinks about wanting to be prepared, except for those who have already passed that point in their life. A lot of our customers are, in fact, grandparents who see the need to help out their kids and their grandkids and say, hey, look, let me get you 
a month supply for you and your family. That way you guys can have it just that way they know that they're okay and that they're going to be okay if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So what's your top selling product? Our top selling products is going to be our month supply packages. The really neat thing about these things is that we focus on making sure that you get the calories that you need for survival. Brian, there's a lot of companies out there who sell emergency food. Don't get me wrong. And there's some really good companies out there. But one thing that they fail to mention and they fail to really focus on is providing the right amount of calories as well as the right amount of protein for survival. If you were to do it like just a general question to a lot of your audience, you'd say, well, how many calories do you need to survive? And everybody's just kind of, they're top of their mind. They're going to say, we need 2,000 calories. And they get that information from the USDA. They get that information from the FDA based off the studies. And so 2,000 calories is kind of like the tipping point. Yes, some people need a little bit less. Some people need a little bit more. But 2,000 is what we consider what you need for survival. The other part of that is also going to be the protein. You've got to have at least 40 grams of protein per day for survival. You don't want to just have to struggle during any type of an emergency. But you got a lot of other things going on that you have to worry about and focus on. And so we try to take that guesswork out and make it simple for you. So our best-selling packages, they're going to be our month supply packages that are QSS certified. And what that QSS certification stands for, it stands for Quality Survival Standards, where if you see that symbol on our product, you know that you're going to get A, over 2,000 calories per day, and B, over 40 grams of protein per day. And that's really where we stand out is no other companies can compete with having 2,000 calories per day as well as 40 grams of protein per day for the price point that we offer it at. Wow, that's great. That's really cool. Kind of a mouthful, but... It is interesting because that isn't discussed a lot because of the difficulty of having to bring proteins into emergency prep food. Funny because a lot of companies will be like, well, hey, look, look how many thousands of servings you're going to get for you and your family. But when you do the math on it, you're living off of five, 600 calories per day. And I'm sorry, Brian, you're not going to survive off of five to 600 calories yeah. per day. You're just not going to. Like I said, we want to just provide an outstanding product for our customers where they know that what they have sitting there in their pantries or in their closets is going to do exactly what they intended to do is to get them through those rough times. That makes sense. Makes sense. Joe, what do you like best about your business and your industry? Honestly, I was asked that the other day. And what I love about this, and I know this is going to sound like a major cliche and it's going to sound really, really cheesy, but I'll be honest with you, Brian. It really was brought to light over the past few months because we get hundreds of letters uh, on a daily basis from our customers. And going through those letters and actually seeing our product being used for what's intended for, that's the reason why we do it. We got stories of parents who were unable to go to the grocery stores because they had loved ones that were susceptible to COVID and they needed this to shelter in place and they didn't have enough food to get them through from the grocery store. And so guess what they were using? They were literally using our product. They would go to the buckets, they'd grab out the pouch of the macaroni and cheese, add it to boiling water, and bam, they'd have dinner for them and their family. Hearing those stories of people actually needing and using our products, that's what's so satisfying about this. That's what keeps me coming back to work when things are hard and things are, are slow or whatever, but just knowing that we are really making a difference. It's a feeling that I had that I felt the first time I ever sold my first emergency bucket, believe it or not, was just knowing that that family has something that they can fall back on if they ever need to do it. Over the years, I've learned, Brian, that it doesn't take a, a national pandemic for you to want to be prepared. You think about if dad or mom were to lose their job, the income earners for that family, and they don't have the ability to go out and purchase the food. Is that not an emergency for that particular family? 
just by having something stored away, whether it's a week supply, whether it's a month supply, whether it's a year supply, having something that you can fall back on, that provides a peace of mind for any parent, any, any person out there who has to really provide for others. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break from this conversation. You know, when people ask me what I do, I tell them I'm a business growth strategist. And they say, well, what the heck is that? It's all about standing out against your competition, standing out within your industry, standing out in front of your most ideal clients so that there is no competition. There is no comparison. There's nobody else out there that can do what you do in the way that you do it, whether that be products, services, or otherwise. One of the toughest places to stand out is when you're discussing the concept of competition. So whether your customers see it as competition or whether it's only you that sees it as competition, if there is competition out there, it's going to be standing in your way. And there's no competitive force out there that I see as common, as ubiquitous as Amazon.com. Amazon.com has become the devil to most e-commerce based businesses for sure. And it's certainly putting the squeeze on offline businesses also. So that's why I set out to write the book, Nine Ways to Amazon Proof Your Business, How to Stand Out in Your Industry and Make All Competition Completely Irrelevant. Now, whether Amazon.com is your competition or not, or whether you're teamed up directly with Amazon.com, this book will help you to look past anyone as your competition. Nine Ways to Amazon Proof Your Business. Now, this book is not out as of this recording, but if you want to find out when it's available and how you can get your very own free copy, I want you to go to brianjpombo.com slash Amazon book. If you leave me your information, I will let you know as soon as that's available. And not only that, but anything else that we end up offering having to do with this book. For example, how you can get a hard copy of this book. How you can get the audio version of this book. How you can take part in workshops related with the concepts within this book. That's nine ways to Amazon proof your business. Go to brianjpombo.com slash Amazon book. And now back to the conversation. On the other end of things, if you could change anything about your business or the industry as a whole, what would it be? 10 years ago, you would be considered one of the crazy preppers or one of the crazy guys, the conspiracy theorists out there. The guy that thinks that zombies are going to start walking around, you know, and capping off people. You don't have to be like that. I'm a person that I do believe that bad things happen. I do believe that earthquakes happen, that tornadoes happen, that economic things happen. And I don't think anybody's immune to those types of disasters. Just creating that, that stigmatism away from that crazy conservative, grab your guns, nobody's going to come take my family type of mentality. That is completely washed out the window. Today, I look at it as like car insurance. We don't buy car insurance hoping that we can get into an accident. We buy car insurance just in case if we find ourselves in that situation, something to kind of help us out. Same type of concept with this food. We don't buy this product hoping that the world is going to fall apart and that the, the US dollar is going to fail or that zombies are going to walk around. We buy this just in case something happens. If there's a flood, if the power goes out, if dad loses his job, if there's a national pandemic and they say, hey, stay in your house or whatever. 
that's the reason why we buy this stuff. That's the reason why we have it is just to prepare for those times. And I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting to be better prepared. That's a great point. If you and I were talking in like a year from now, and we got back together and say did another show, and we looked back over the last 12 months, what would have had to have happened for you to feel happy with the progress in both your life and your business? Number one, probably to be caught up with all of our past overdue orders. Yeah. We're still behind uh, as far as being able to fulfill those orders, you know, and we're, we're hopeful that we can be caught up here the next little bit. When I say that we have been working around the clock, we literally have been working around the clock. I mean, here at our facility, we are open. We're only shut down for three hours in a 24-hour period, and that's just to stop, sanitize, clean the equipment, hmm. get ready for the next shift to come in. We've been going like this since February. There's one thing that I really want to happen is I want to be able to have the capacity, if there isn't a big emergency or a national pandemic or something like that, that we could actually be able to help out everybody who needs help. We look back at the past five months, there's a lot of missed opportunity because there's just not the capacity for equipment, for machine times to produce the amount of food that was really needed. And I don't think anybody, any Fortune 500 company could have prepared for this type of uh, increase in business, increase in demand for your product. You know, I think other companies would have failed where I pat ourselves on the back that we've done a tremendous job of being somewhat in front of the curve a little bit. And I think we fared a lot better than a lot of our competitors because we control the manufacturing, control over what we do with our machines and you know what items we produce. It's just a matter of having that extra built-in capacity, having a backup plan for our backup plan that had a backup plan. It's just, you, nobody could prepare for that. That is one thing that if we were to have this conversation again in a year, would be to, hey, I wanna be able to be caught up and go back to our two-day delivery time that our customers are used to having. So what are the obstacles standing in your way of getting there right now? Commodities and just the, the way to get it. Because if, when you talk about a, a commodity, you know, you're looking at our industry, the emergency preparedness industry. We're not like a grocery store. We're not like the big box stores, like a Kraft or like an Uncle Ben's Rice. When those items get sold off the shelves, because those guys do millions and millions of dollars worth of product, we're just a small piece of that. And so they get priority over those commodity items. It's just kind of waiting our turn, even though in the industry, we're one of the largest in the industry, but when you do it on a larger scale, we're just very, very small fish. And so the Costco's of the world, the Walmart's of the world, those guys get first priority to the, the raw ingredients, to the actual supplies before we do. It's just a matter of kind of fighting for our space and making sure that we have what we need to be able to cover for our customers as well. I think right now people are more understanding of emergency food and the need for it. And so I, I think hopefully with time, people can start to understand, oh my gosh, you know, this is not one of those crazy things to do anymore, but more of a practical, safe thing to do. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So many things that go into all the mechanics and logistics with it, I can understand. It doesn't take much, especially all the demand, the increase in demand, it doesn't take much to slow things down. And I hope going through this, it kind of helps our customers understand how fragile our system really is. Hmm. Just look at look the, the semi-trucks that haul product back and forth. I mean, those guys seriously are the lifeline of this country. If the trucking industry were to go down for some reason or some form of, of another, how do customers get product? How do grocery stores get food? How do businesses get the materials, the raw materials that they need in order to produce, to produce a product? Everything is so critical and everything is so intertwined that if one piece falls off, the whole system shuts down. 
we experience that as well. You know, we have suppliers that provide us our film that we put our food in. And if we can't have the film, we can't put the food in it. Hmm. If we can't get the buckets or the lids for the buckets, if we can't get those in, I mean, everything just stops. And everything, like I said, is so intertwined that it's a very, very fragile system. And it's a juggling act to make sure that you can coordinate with the bucket supplier, coordinate with the film supplier, coordinate with the raw ingredient supplier, coordinate machine time. It's a tremendous feat to do that. It's incredible behind the scenes look at things. I appreciate, <laughs> appreciate your help here, Joe. We have a lot of people that listen to this for the perspective of business, even though we play within the self-reliance field and cover wow. everything from emergency preparedness on. So what blanket advice would you have for someone either in your position or similar that you could leave us with today? The overall piece of advice is just keep plugging away. Knowing what you're doing. There's a phrase that I absolutely love, Brian. It's this. It's the small and simple things make you the greatest things. So it's the small and simple things that you do in day to day that you got to grind away. And eventually you're going to have this big, huge thing at the end of the day, at the end of the week or the end of the month or the end of the year. Keep going. It's a constant battle. But I think going through this exercise with COVID and really seeing how fragile things are, it's not a crazy idea to be prepared. It's not a crazy idea to have a backup plan. You know, we talk about having evacuation plans for the elementary schools. We talk about having all these little different backup plans, but it's not a bad idea to do it. Hmm. And I hope it doesn't take a national emergency like what's going on right now for people to understand that it's okay to get prepared, you know, be self-reliant because the only person that really cares about your survival is yourself. People think that the government's going to come there to bail them out while the government does a great job as much as they can. Guess what, Brian, it's going to take a long time for them to actually come to your door and be like, Hey, what do you need? That's just not going to happen. Be self-reliant, be self-sufficient, and do what feels right. Follow your gut. That is one thing that is interesting is before all of this started, I can tell you numerous times I got phone calls saying, hey, Joe, I don't know why I'm calling you, but I feel like I need to get something just because something's going to be happening. I could tell you countless times, Brian, when my phone would ring and that would be the conversation before this whole pandemic thing happened. Follow your gut. If you feel like you need to do something, do it and act on it. Don't just listen to it, but you got to act on it as well. Absolutely. Great advice. Joe, where can people go to find out more about emergency essentials and everything that you guys provide? I invite you guys to visit our website. Go to beprepared.com. Browse our website. It's a very, very simple website. Don't feel overwhelmed. We have also a preparedness specialist on the phone that you can call our toll-free number. You can talk with myself. You can talk with you know, some of the other preparedness specialists that can guide you through different plans and different options because there's just not a cookie cutter size. There's not a one size fits all package because every family is going to be different, Brian. Every family is going to have different needs, different wants, different habits. Talking with a preparedness specialist, they can guide you through the things that you need. They can help you get your basics covered. They can help you get your more advanced stuff covered, help you come up with a plan to follow does take time to do this. You can start off small and you can grow it up over time so we can be prepared for it. Give us a call. We're more than happy to walk you through this. We're happy to talk to you, happy to share with you what we've discovered over the past little bit, what works best for us. We can just help you with whatever you guys need. All right. Fabulous. Joe Reek with Emergency Essentials. Thanks so much for being part of the Off the Grid Biz Podcast. My pleasure, Brian. I hope we can do this again sometime. And there it is, another great conversation. I really enjoyed my time with Joe. 
and there were about three things that I think stood out. The first thing, he has a great ability to present his ideas. He clearly understands it and has all the facts and figures right on the tip of his tongue. That's really good. And I know a lot of people might see that as kind of shallow praise, but it's not because you need someone like that. You need somebody. And remember, he's the VP of sales. He's not the owner of the company. He's the VP of sales. And so that's his job. And if you're not the one that's out there doing the promoting and you don't have anyone that is ideally set to be the promoter, you need someone. You need someone like Joe on your team. And I appreciate him for his ability to be able to do that. Second thing is when he was discussing their ideal customer as anybody that's responsible for somebody else. So whether you're talking about parents or whether you're talking about children taking care of their elderly parents or anything of that sort, those are the type of people that are their ideal customer. Now that obviously that doesn't mean that's their only customer, but he knew exactly what I meant. He knew I meant ideal customer. Who are the people that are your slam dunk customers? And that's really neat to see because oftentimes when people talk about ideal customers, they talk about demographics. So they talk about their age or their gender and all that stuff's great. And it's important to know all that, but it's also important to know the psychographic, which is the things that describe how they think and feel. And that's where he went directly to. And that was really key and something that you should take note of when you're talking about your ideal customer or thinking about or designing your ideal customer. Really think not just about who they are on the outside, what's going on on the inside, what's the conversation going on in their head. And the third thing is how well this company is doing during what is basically a recession brought on by the COVID-19 situation. And the fact that their demand is going through the roof, it's not uncommon in certain sectors. Obviously, if you're in uh, emergency preparedness, anything of this sort, these type of companies are having increased demand during this time, especially in comparison to where it was just before. I would recommend that you at least have some element of your company that may not be doing great all the time, but when the times get tough, it's where people run into. I saw a lot of people in the emergency preparedness and survival niches that were having a tough time during the good economic times leading up to 2020. And then as soon as COVID-19 hit and you had forced quarantine and so forth, you had everything being pulled back. And all of a sudden, things like emergency preparedness go through the roof. All these points and plus all the other little nuggets that Joe brought up, I think it makes this worth re-listening to again and again. So go back and re-listen to this conversation sometime, and I think it'll be helpful to you too. Join us again on the next Off the Grid Biz Podcast, brought to you by the team at brianjpombo.com, helping successful but overworked entrepreneurs transform their companies into dream assets. That's B-R-I-A-N-J-P-O-M-B-O.com. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the Off the Grid Biz Podcast, go to offthegridbiz.com slash contact. Those who appear on this show do not necessarily endorse my beliefs, suggestions, or advice, or any of the services provided by our sponsor. Our theme music is Cold Sun by Dell. Our executive producer and head researcher is Sean E. Douglas. I'm Brian Pombo, and until next time, I wish you peace, freedom, and success.